This is Behind the Christmas Hits, the podcast with Drew Savage. Many of the songs we've featured have largely unknown origins, but that is not the case here. Still, do you know which singer was still in New York when the recording session began? And who's the one American band featured on this song? And do you know what the songwriters think of it all now? This is the story behind the Christmas hit, Do They Know It's Christmas from Band-Aid. You could make the argument that there are very few songs we know more about than Band-Aid's Do They Know It's Christmas. You know the story. Some of the biggest artists in the UK and Ireland came together to raise money for African famine relief, and its success triggered a series of songs, concerts, and albums to benefit those in need. We are the world. Tears are not enough. Live Aid, Farm Aid for American Farmers. That's what friends are for to benefit AIDS charities. Sun City to draw attention to apartheid in South Africa. A very special Christmas for the Special Olympics. Even HBO's comic relief to fight homelessness can be traced back to the success of Band-Aid. However, there are some parts of the story that are not told as often as others. Let's start at the beginning, when Bob Geldof was watching BBC coverage of the hunger crisis in Ethiopia in October of 84. Feeling moved to do something, Bob connected with Midge Yor of the band Ultravox, and they decided to record a charity single. With there being very little time before Christmas, the easiest thing to do would have been to record a cover of an existing song, like the young artist for Haiti would later do in recording Canaan's Wave and Flag in 2010, or artist Can's Lean On Me single for the Canadian Red Cross in 2020. But Geldof and Yor knew that the royalties would have to be sorted out if they recorded an existing song, and they didn't have time for that. So they decided to go with something new. But again, time was short. Geldof dusted off some old, unused lyrics he wrote for his band, The Boomtown Rats. Yor wrote a melody with some festive flair, and they got to work. Trevor Horn, Spandau Ballet's producer and member of the band Yes, was originally asked to produce the track, but he said he'd need six weeks. Well, that was too long for Geldof and Yor, so Midge took on the producer's role himself. Horn did support the project, though, by donating a studio for the recording session. Geldof got on the phone with as many A-listers as he could find and got commitments for a recording session on November 25th, one month before Christmas. They recorded the chorus with the group first and then did the individual parts. However, one singer was missing. Boy George. After calling around to track him down, Geldof found him asleep in a hotel room in New York City. Boy George reportedly said to Geldof, Oh, is that today? He hopped on board a Concorde and got there in time to be the last to record his vocals after most of the artists had left. Watch the music video carefully. Boy George isn't in any of the group shots. He's only ever seen by himself. David Bowie was meant to sing the first line of the song, but canceled last minute. Word is several artists took that first line for a spin, and Geldof and Yor liked Paul Young's take the best. A big spot for an artist that had just broken in the UK a year earlier. While Bowie wouldn't be there in person, he did send an audio greeting that would be used in the 12-inch single of the song. Paul McCartney did the same. And while we think of it as a collection of British and Irish artists, there is one American band on the song. Cool and the Gang. They were on the same record label as the Boomtown Rats and happened to be in the London offices when Geldof pitched the song to the label. When you consider that this was the first big charity single of its kind and was done on such short notice, 
It's amazing that they got as many A-listers as they did. Remember, We Are the World was recorded months later, immediately after the American Music Awards, where the entire industry was already scheduled to be in the same room. Scheduling conflicts played a part in why many big names weren't available for Band-Aid. However, there was one enormous band that simply wasn't invited. Queen. Queen's concerts at the Sun City Casino and Resort in South Africa a month earlier violated a United Nations cultural boycott in condemnation of apartheid and drew a fine from the British Musicians' Union. It's long been believed that Bob Geldof was one of the many people who were angry at them for playing Sun City and didn't want Queen involved in Band-Aid. However, by the summer of 85, they were on better terms, and Geldof did invite them to play Live Aid, where Queen gave one of their most iconic performances ever. While Bob Geldof has been the public face of Band-Aid, producer and co-writer Midge Yor might be the MVP, the most versatile player of the team. He's one of just three musicians who plays on the track. The other two, Phil Collins on drums and Duran Duran's John Taylor on bass. Midge also convinced Geldof that the lyric, There won't be snow in Ethiopia this Christmas time, simply wouldn't work. He suggested using Africa instead. However, despite Band-Aid's success, neither guy is particularly impressed with the song itself. Yor has said it's not all that good, but he is incredibly proud of the recording and production of the song. Geldof put it more bluntly than that when telling the Daily Telegraph in 2010, quote, I am responsible for the two worst songs in history. Do They Know It's Christmas and We Are the World. Now, he didn't write We Are the World, but you wouldn't have it if it weren't for Band-Aid. Carolers have actually sung Do They Know It's Christmas outside Geldof's home, which he hates. Over the years, artists have come together to re-record Do They Know It's Christmas for charity three times. The first came five years after the original in 1989 with Kylie Minogue, Cliff Richard, and Bananarama. Band-Aid 20 in 2004 featured Chris Martin, Dido, and Bono. Band-Aid 30 in 2014 brought together One Direction, Sam Smith, and yes, Bono. If Band-Aid 40 comes to pass in 2024, I'd bet on Bono being there. It's not a song that other artists typically record for their own Christmas albums, with Bare Naked Ladies being one notable exception. Here's Ed Robertson. You know, for us, it was so iconic. It's It was a massive hit every holiday season. So for us, it lived in the world of popular music as much as it was uh, a charity song for famine relief. You know, so... We wanted to do it because we loved the song and the video is hilarious and all of the artists collaborating together. Yeah. There's a charm to it, you know. So we looked into, you know, can we do this? Can we record this version and have the money that we raise from it go to the same effort? Um, and once we realized we could do that, it seemed like a no-brainer to cover it. It's a great cool. song. We had spent years, you know, playing these kind of big radio festival Christmas party kind of things. We would always do that song and we'd grab a bunch of people from other bands. We'd grab Darius from Hootie and the Blowfish and we'd grab Ryan from Guster and Sarah McLaughlin and just bring them out all on stage and just give them lines because oh, awesome. everybody knows the song. And every time everybody wants to be Bono. Don't we all? 
Two final notes about the original recording. The artwork for the original single was designed by Peter Blake, the same artist who designed the album cover for the Beatles' Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. And George Michael, of course, is on the original recording, but his Wham! partner, Andrew Ridgely, was invited, but the fax message was short on details. So Andrew decided to sleep in and go for brunch instead. That initial recording sold over 12 million copies worldwide, raising $28 million. As successful as the song was, there have always been criticisms, criticisms that have grown louder over the years. As Bim Etiwimni wrote for The Guardian in 2014 when Band-Aid 30 was released, quote, There exists a paternalistic way of thinking about Africa, likely exacerbated by the original Band-Aid singles, in which it must be saved, and usually from itself. We say Africa in a way that we would never say Europe or Asia. The popular narrative always places those of us in the West in the position of benevolent elders helping out poor Africans. Many of the song's original lyrics have been criticized as well. When Band-Aid 30 was recorded, Geldof updated some of those lyrics, removing references to Africa's burning sun and how the only water flowing is the bitter sting of tears. Even Bono's iconic line of Tonight, thank God it's them instead of you was changed to Tonight we're reaching out and touching you. To many, the original was always patronizing. Even Bono has said that he didn't want to sing that line and had to be asked numerous times. Will there be a Band-Aid 40? Time will tell. But the original still endures despite some clumsy and problematic lyrics. But as Adewumni pointed out in her 2014 article, no song was ever more well-intentioned than this one. I'm Drew Savage. Please subscribe, rate, and review for more stories behind the Christmas hits. 